Welcome to Think Orphan, the podcast for orphan excellence. Real talk with real people navigating the global orphan crisis. Let's join our hosts, Phil Dark and Rick Morton. Welcome again to the Think Orphan podcast. This is Rick Morton along with Phil Dark. Phil with the black shirt on today, dressing dark. He is dark. Man, you're playing the role today, my friend. I definitely was not expecting that introduction today. <laughs> I just I just grabbed a shirt, quite honestly. There was no intent behind it. But, you know, it is interesting, given the fact that we are doing the 2020 review show. And a lot of people would describe this year, really, as a dark year. <laughs> um, you know, it had nothing to do with my choice of attire today. But since you mention it, I got to bring something together, right? So See, that's folks, just what that, I do. That's what makes Phil a pro. That no matter what you throw at him, he's able to work it in and and just make it seamless. Um, that's why that's why I sit in awe of uh, of these recording episodes because he's unflappable. And what we've learned right there, as we've learned before, is Rick has a pretty low bar. Um, so. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's why I that's why I do this with Rick. That's why I love it. That's why I love hey, it. It's so, why it's why it works, my friend. It's why that's it works. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So so yeah, as as I just mentioned, we are we're we're reviewing twenty twenty. Not so much the episodes that we've done this year. We just had a, a review show for this last, you know, for the current season, a few you know, mid season review we did a few episodes ago. If you want to check that out. We do a lot more specific episode review there but we just wanted to take a step back and go you know what this has been a really weird year and not just from the standpoint of just school and viruses and all that but really what it's done in the orphan care context what it's done in our lives what it's done in in different organizations unfortunately some organizations have had to shut their doors because of it other organizations have never been busier than ever um I mean, they've, they've been busier than ever. Uh, then, and, and so it's just, it's, just a really, it's just a really weird year. And so, you know, Rick, just general thoughts, kind of forest view on 2020. What, 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 how are you feeling about it as we have a couple more weeks left in it? You know, um, I mean, we're still here, right? Like, so there's, there's something to be said for the fact that, uh, that we're, you know, we're continuing and pressing on, and this has been a hard year. Um, I don't think there's anybody that's not having, you know, that's not having a, a just a, a desperately hard year. And and I think um, in in the you know in the lane that we run in, and in the things that we do, um, we're ever mindful of the fact that that one of the consequences of of a year like this is that the vulnerable become more vulnerable and, and that we are, you know, more than ever, um, really needed to press in. And, you know, this is one of those things that, uh, I I think we've got to continue to encourage each other and to encourage, uh, you know, the church in general to, to be faithful and to continue to press in. Um, and and that's hard, right? Like I think we're all we're all tired. We're tired of we're tired of masks. We're tired of protocols. We're tired of social distancing. Um, we in you know in, in a lot of ways in in relationship and you know in the body of Christ we've been at distance from each other. I mean, you start you just think back and and, and think about the 
the number of things that we have in this community, times that we would have come together this year and, and times where there would be, you know, refreshing and, and opportunities to work together and collaboration together on projects and all of those kind of things that, that like none of that has happened. Um, and, and we've done a lot of what we're doing right now, which is sitting in front of a monitor and, and, you know, and, and doing things at a distance. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that I'm, that I'm really taking away into 2021 and, and something that I'm, you know, really praying is that, that, um, like, I don't, I don't want to become comfortable in this. Um, I don't want this to be the new normal. And I know that there are things, rhythm of life that are going to change, but that's not a comfort thing as much as it's a, um, we become too comfortable, I think, being at a distance from each other. And it's just, you know, it's just not healthy. And, uh, and, and so I think as we're turning the corner into 2021 and, you know, we could talk about the, the vaccine and the hope for the future and, you know, who knows how long, you know, how, how this will stand the test of time when we go back and listen to this a year from now or, or whatever in, in terms of, of those things. And I know people have, you know, deep convictions on all sides of that issue about the take it or don't take it or, you know, those kinds of things. But, but we, um, you know, we will emerge somehow in, in 2021, Lord willing to, um, to not be in the same place that we are in, in, you know, dealing with this pandemic. And, um, and, and I, and I hope we will be reflective of that, which we have lost and not be comfortable, um, in, in, in what we've, in what we lost. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying there, you know, cause you have heard people say, oh, it's new normal. We're going to do this more online stuff, more this, more that. And I'm like, you know what? It can't be that way. It just can't be that way. That's not how human beings are designed to interact. It's not how human beings are designed to flourish, quite frankly. And like you said, I mean, a lot of the, whether it's CAFA, whether it's, you know, just calling each other up and saying, Hey, I'm going to be in your area. Um, let's grab a lunch or, you know, let's, you know, just be able to hang out for a little bit, grab coffee at a Starbucks, like those things aren't happening. Um, and it's just, and even if you're in the same city, oftentimes, you know, people are just scared. People aren't wanting to go out and and it really, it it creates a fear-based society and a fear-based mentality, um, that is just so counter to scripture first of all but it's also counter to productivity it's counter to innovation it's counter to creativity it's counter to just how we can create shalom in our communities right so these are things that that i am 100 percent with you on that 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 not only do i say i hope it doesn't like it can't if it does like if if it stays this way and if if the you know some of the people out there who you know, kind of want to keep it this way for whatever reason. And we're not going to get into all of that and the politics behind everything. But, you know, we all know that there it, it is there. But what I want to kind of talk about now a little bit is we, we alluded to it, I believe, in the last episode. But just some of the things that we were able to do, um, you know, that we wouldn't have been able to do in um, in, in 2020. And I, and I look at a lot of the... Um, a lot of the great resources that were created this year. 
Um, I look at like World Without Orphans, working with uh, Parenting for Lifelong Health to create the parenting tips. And, and so to, you see that and you look at it and you go, that's a, that's a really cool resource. But then to see World Without Orphans reach out to its network and, and uh, get it translated into over 55 languages. Like within a week, I think. I mean, it was crazy how fast that happened, right? But those are things that, you know, I don't know that that would have happened in a, quote, normal year, right? To see, you know, we, know, we did a video conference series, right? Everyone in, in every organization in the world probably did some sort of video conference something, right? Would it webinar or a video conference with their donors, video conference with, you know, we created that. If you haven't got, watched that series, um, you know, the vast majority of it is still relevant today as the day it was made. You know, the, the, the episodes were purposefully, you know, related to COVID-19 directly, but those, the, the things that we talked about um, really go well beyond uh, COVID-19. So you can check that out. But, that, you know, that was something we wouldn't have done. And really, we, we started video. Um, because of it, right? So now, it's not like we're busting records on YouTube with video, but it allows us to do different things that we that we weren't able to do. You know, I look at um, just again with, with seeing what families families are spending more time together, which is which is really really good most of the time. Unfortunately, it's created a much higher divorce rate as well, um, and you know, and that's that's a terrible thing. Um, as, but I think that that's a symptom to the, to the issue that, that wasn't, it didn't, COVID didn't cause it. COVID exacerbated things and probably, um, you know, in a lot of situations, but, you know, as we know, um, c- the lockdowns from COVID caused all kinds of issues, um, in the vulnerable, you know, in the lives of the vulnerable children, vulnerable families, but also in, in, the the lives of the families that aren't vulnerable, right? I mean, it it caused all kinds of things that we might not have otherwise seen. And I and I I look at it and I go, there's good and bad. Like I just said, some of the good, but the bad is is unfortunately really bad in a lot of situations. And so, you know, that's something that I've I've seen responses to that though too, and seeing the collaboration that has to happen in the context of a global pandemic where we aren't able to travel to different places. And so the things that you and I both know very, very well, stuff we've talked about on the show, that the our partners all around the world who are doing this amazing work are more than capable to do all the work that's going on. And one of the great things, I think it is a great thing that happened this year, is we weren't able to go all over the world all the time to do things. And I'm not saying like it's not good for, I'm not saying it's good for all times to be able to do, but I think what it did was it really instilled confidence and instilled leadership in people who have always had it in them, but haven't felt like it sometimes that they've needed to do it. So sometimes it's just easier to let other people do it. And, and it's created opportunity. You know, yeah. I, I think, I mean, there's a, and I won't mention a name, but there's a, there's a friend of ours that is, that's well known to both of us that, you know, that I have the, the part the privilege to partner, you know, pretty deeply in ministry with. And he, he's working in East Asia and there's a, there's a part of the country that he's working in that um, they've had a deep desire to work in for a, for a long time. And quite honestly, because of, because of their faith and, and because they're, you know, because they're, um, outspoken vocal Christians, they've been, they've been blocked by the government from working, you know, in this area. And when, you know, when the pandemic hit and the, you know, the, the quarantining began and, and people that are, 
you know, very much on the cusp of calamity at all times, just because they're, you know, daily hand to mouth and, and, you know, very, very, uh, very, very poor. Um, he, he became, he became the option that the government had and, and, you know, and, and he's been able to, through, um, you know, through help from friends and partners around the world to be able to, to resource an entire community of people with, uh, you know, with food and, and, and with the things that they needed in order to, you know, in order to be able to survive. And I mean, literally there are, there are hundreds and hundreds of people today that are alive because, you know, because he and his family and, and the people that they're, you know, that they're working with have, have been able to do that. And, and the thing is, it's forged, it's forged friendships and partnerships with, you know, with people in the government, it's, it's, it's given a credibility, it's given an up close look at them and, you know, in their work. And, and he, you know, he will readily tell you today that they will never be the same as a result of this. And, and it's been hard and it's been awful. And they've, you know, and they, like we and everybody else have seen people, you know, die and, and the toll from this has been, has been horrendous, but at the same time, um, good things and, and beautiful things have come out of it. And, you know, and the Lord has used it to, you know, to further an agenda. And, and I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to lose sight of that, that, that we, um, you know, this, it, the, for those of us who, you know, who follow Jesus, um, our, our, our pain and our difficulty is not wasted in this. Um, we're not, um, you know, we're, it's just not, and, and, and God is not, God is not wasting that, um, you know, that difficulty and is not wasting the struggle. And, and I just, you know, I want to focus on stories like that and, and be reminded of that. And, and, and no, we don't want to be at distance from each other, but man, you know, let's, let's remember the things that have happened. I, I, you know, I told you earlier there, one of the one of the passages of scripture that's really become incredibly meaningful to me through through this in a really fresh way is just you know Isaiah forty kind of the end of Isaiah forty where you know Isaiah is talking about renewal and you know waiting on the Lord and and you know and, and drawing drawing strength from you know from the Lord and you know he that that beautiful passage you know do do you not know have you not heard the the Lord is the everlasting God the Creator of the whole earth he never becomes faint or weary there is no limit to his understanding he gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless man how relevant is that today like that's us and 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 you know yet he reminds us youths will become may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. You know, the old King James says, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Um, they'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll, they'll run and not become weary. They'll, they'll walk and not faint. And, you know, and, and, and the truth is we've, you know, we've endured a year where, where we've all fainted, where we've all been tired, where, where, where every, everybody on the planet is worn out with this and, um, and, and it's, you know, we, we desperately are crying out for this to be over, but I've, I've reflected on this passage. This is my grandmother's favorite passage of scripture. And, uh, she, in my, in my life, in my, in my, you know, was a, a pretty much an intellectual giant. 
And, and I remember one of the things that my grandmother, you know, taught me a long time ago about this passage of scripture. She, she would talk about the reason that this was her favorite passage of scripture is because, because of how, um, like how God had made the eagles and, and that there, like there was this, there was no accident that this, you know, that Isaiah was, uh, you know, was, was that God was revealing to Isaiah this thing about, about the eagles. Cause if you know anything about eagles, you know, that, like there's a molting process that an eagle will go through at a, at a point in its life. And, you know, and they, and they go up into a high place and they go up into their, into their nest and, and they go through a, a pruning and a, and a, and a winnowing process. They scrape off their beaks, they scrape off their talons. They, you know, they, they wait for those things to, you know, long, arduous process of waiting for those things to grow back. And when they begin to grow back, they, 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 they literally pluck their own feathers and it's an incredibly painful process. But the truth is that if, that if an eagle doesn't molt, it'll die. It'll be weighted down by, by the tangles and by the extra feathers and by the weight and the, the eagle literally can't bear up its weight. And so that's kind of what, what motivates it to, to molt. And, and there's this, there's this beautiful reality that when they go through that pain, when they go through that time of, of, of challenge and winnowing and all of that stuff, um, that, that, that they, that, that they come out on the other side and it, and it's a process that carries them there then for the, like the next 30 years of their lives. That when they've gone through that process of renewal, it, 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 it literally makes them fit for, you know, for decades of, of life. And, and, you know, and I mean, we know, you know, you, you look at a bald eagle and the, just the majestic nature of a bird like that. And, and, and think about that. And I think that's, that's the imagery that Isaiah is trying to help us see. And man, a whole bunch of us feel like we've had our claws scraped off and we feel like we're, you know, our beaks are gone and we're, we're, you know, we're plucked bald and don't have any feathers. And like, this has been a really hard season, but I, I'm just convinced that, um, that, that God will use this process in a way, um, and, and we'll, and we'll bring fruit from it. And, and I, I just, you know, I hope our listeners are encouraged that, that no matter the difficulty of, of how this year has been to you, that God's not going to waste that. And he's going to use it and he's going to find opportunity for it. And, and there's going to be, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be a return for the investment, um, you know, that he's made in you and that he, that he intends that for the good of vulnerable children and vulnerable families and those around the world who don't have a voice and, and can't defend themselves. And, and so, um, Keep waiting on the Lord, right? And uh, and in due time, we will, you know, we will, um, we will be able to experience the, you know, the, the fruit and the bounty. Yeah, and I, I just want to, you know, it, it, as you were talking about that, the other verse that just reminded me of was James one, you know, two through five, where it, it talks about consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Not, you know, we know we're going to face trials, but why? It's because that's what produces character. That what produces perseverance. That's what, that's what produces, you know, that says ultimately it's the humility, all that that's going to come out of it. But it's not. It's not like you're in the middle of a trial, 
and you're getting, you're suffering and you're being persecuted. And then you're like, I'm going to consider that pure joy. It's really hard to do that. But what it's saying is, well, why can you consider it pure joy? Because you know the other side. You know the promises. You know the covenant promises of Scripture. You know what God is is doing in you, the refiner's fire, right? And so I look at that and I go, man, there's so much good that can come out of this. The, the, the trials that we've been having. And I just look at our organization, you know, to be able to see how we as an organization, Providence, it's, it's we've gone and we've we had all these plans for this year that we were going to do. We were going to launch a curriculum in May that was going to, you know, that was going to just be helping organizations all over the world, and it couldn't happen because it was it was based on in-person training. And we've now have been working with another organization to create a an online uh, training, an online online curriculum that we're now hoping we can help more and more people that we never would have been able to help otherwise. And you know, sometimes you know, necessity is the well, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And I think that right now we have had to do things that we never would have now like we talked about earlier i hope and pray that online training still is something that we do because i think there are things you can do you can't do online i mean in-person training is something that we continue to do because i think there are things that you can't do online or that aren't nearly as um uh, effective that way but you know i i but again what like you talked about with uh with our friend um in East Asia, you know, I have another similar story um, with someone over in you know another country in South Asia um, that uh, she had an opportunity. You know, she saw an opportunity, she saw a need, and she made it happen. You know, and again, I don't know that this would have happened outside of the context of COVID because it was a country that, again, is not super. Uh, you know, they're very uh, belligerent against uh, Christians. And, and so she saw that there was a community center that was not being used because the, you know, everything was shut down, but there were all these people that were not getting food, were not getting the things they needed. So she said, Hey, can, can I, you know, kind of reconfigure that community center so it can be a feeding center, so it can be a place people can get food, so it can be a place people can come and get the things they need. And they said, well, yeah, you can, you can do that. Sure. And so they op- they let her go in and do that with her ministry. And, you know, she did that and they partnered with other organizations in the, er- in the area. But again, those are things that, you know, there's obviously a lot more to the story, but for the sake of time, we're not going to go into all the details. But again, I just want to hopefully encourage people as we finish up this year, as we, as we, you know, go into a new year. And again, January or December 31st and January 1, those are just dates, right? It's not like 2021 happens and all of a sudden 2020 is washed away and now you don't have to worry about it ever again. A lot of the same issues are going to continue on in 2021, right? They're going to be different. We're going to have different issues. We're going to have different problems. You know what? When everything opens back up, we're going to have a lot of problems that we had before and we're going to go, man, it was kind of nice actually when we didn't have XYZ. And, but because we, it was our normal and it was always the normal, um, I think that we we forget, you know, some of the things. But I look at it and go, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to your perspective. It comes down to your worldview. Do you have an eternal perspective? Do you have, you know, a a perspective, a worldview, you know, of abundance or scarcity? Do you have a fear-based mentality or do you have a, you know, really a eternity-based, a, a God-based mentality, right, that you are going to be able to, 
do things, you're going to be able to use the gifts and talents you have for amazing things, whether it's COVID lockdowns or whether it's, um, you know, whether it's open as it's ever been, right? Um, whether you're making, you know, in abundance or in want, we will be content. And what is that? I think a lot, I think honestly, our worldviews, our faith um, has been tested in this last, in these last few months, than it, than it, several months, than it ever has before. Um, what, what do we really believe? And, you know, I talk with a lot of people about that, that what do you really believe? And do you even know what you believe? Like, do you even know what the Bible says? Um, and do you know what it means? Do you, do you know that? And have you internalized it? And do you understand it? And do you really believe it? And I think when things like this happen, our actions will, a lot of it will show what, whether we actually believe it. What we do, what we say, how we react, I think really does show whether we believe. And so those are things that I, I think are good things that have come out of 2020. I think those are really good things because we've seen where we need to step up, but also we've created things that we never would have created otherwise. Things have happened that never would have happened otherwise. That I think a lot of those, and I think what we can do now moving forward is take the keep the good and get rid of the bad, like get rid of the things that we don't need anymore, keep the good and add it to what we did before, right? And, and what we have can be able to continue doing. And so then you have this, you know, you just add it to the arsenal of great things that we can do. And so I just want to commend the organizations that we know in the orphan care space who have, who have stepped up from the, from the collaboration standpoint, who have stepped up from the innovation standpoint and said, we're not going to let this thing stop us. In fact, we're going to come in and go, there's so much more need now right now in the, in the vulnerable communities. We're going to be super creative and we're going to make different things happen. And so, you know, if you're out there and you've kind of been cooped up and you're like, I'm just, and you are kind of that living in fear is something that resonates with you and you haven't been doing stuff, you know, I just want to encourage you to, to step out in faith and to step out and go, um, you know, there's things, you know, God, God doesn't stop using us because there's a lockdown. God doesn't stop using us because there's a pandemic. In fact, he may have created you in such a way that that is when he was, you know, he created you to shine in this, in this environment. So that's my, you know, that's really what I just want to kind of encourage. And I, I love the passage that you shared because absolutely all of that just totally resonated, um, with me and, and really with a lot of, I, I imagine it will resonate with a lot of others out there. So, Phil, you know, one of the things that has that certainly 2020 has brought to all of us is a different different pace of life, different different rhythm of life. And and, you know, this may be a little first world problem, but like one of the things that has kind of been a reality for all of our lives is we've had some downtime where we've had to stay home. And we've ended up streaming some things, right? Like we've we've ended up with some time to to watch and pay attention to some things that we maybe haven't, you know, maybe we haven't had time for for some of that stuff in days past and years past. And and that's you know that's kind of one of the you know maybe one of the blessings in all this. We've had some time to gear down with family and to you know focus on some of those things. But one of the things you and I talked about a whole lot offline is. Uh, is, is binging a little guilty pleasure that uh, we're going to take a couple of minutes and talk about. So, um, 
you know, Apple launched a uh, launched a streaming service, Apple Plus, over you know through COVID, and uh, one of the shows that Apple has uh, has brought to their streaming service and their network is a show called Ted Lasso, and uh, we uh, and it's and it's like it's like the collision of our worlds because it's a uh, it, it's a, 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 a story at this point in the story that's built around uh, Premier League and. English football, but it's a Texas American football coach who goes and finds himself in the middle of the English Premier League, and uh, and it is absolutely and and I'll I'll disclaim it and say there's probably you know, there's a little language in there and some things that that'll you know that'll probably they're a little off putting, but but the fact is the premise of the show is just incredibly clever and it's one of the funniest shows I think I've seen in a while and it has served for a lot of witty banner between us offline because it kind of brings our, our sport passions together. And so, man, I want to talk about it for a few minutes and just, um, you know, like, so like what Ted Lasso, why, you know, where did it, where did it resonate with you? Well, before we talk about Ted Lasso, I do want to say that that's something else that 2020 has brought is some amazing uh, content on in particular on the real football that we've discussed so <laughs> soccer um for those in the in america but um there's just the english game is a is a phenomenal uh mini series or a, i think it was on netflix might have been amazon prime um that was it was a great for for you ladies out there listening it was made by the the people who made downton abbey so you can you know you can you can definitely watch it and you'll enjoy that, um, but it also it talks about the, the the FA Cup and how it started. But there's also some great. I mean, the thing that I love about Ted Lasso, as with some other documentaries that have come out, Amazon Prime has the All or Nothing specials. If you're not a sports fan, honestly, these are great leadership. Um, you know, things you can learn a lot about leadership on because you'll see the good and the bad of leaders and you can really say, I, I like that. I don't want that. I mean, I like that. I want to keep that. But there's some of the stuff that you go, I don't like that. And that's not what I want to be as a leader. So, but you see them in their, in their element, you see them in the good and the bad. But with Ted Lasso, um, let's, let's, let's get to Ted Lasso because it was one of those things that I was actually, if you're not familiar with Ted Lasso at all, it started as a commercial um, on NBC. When the Premier League came to Amer- or came to NBC, um, or when NBC paid a lot of money to get the Premier League, um, they made this four-minute ad with Jason Sudeikis. And, you know, funny dude. And he just made it, and it's American football coach in London is what it was called, and it was a four-minute spot. Super funny. Then they made a second one the second year of the Premier League. Super funny. Then I see it's going to be a show, and I go, oh, man, they're going to ruin Ted Lasso because how are you going to extend out this four-minute video and put it into a series? And then I watched it, and I thought, and then the first episode actually had four or five of the jokes from the, from the commercials and I go, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. It was funny. It was great, great episode, whatever, but I'm skeptical. I'm like, how are they going to, I watched the whole deal. And like you said, I mean, it was, it's so funny. Yeah. It's crass. It's a British, you know, show. So you have a lot of language. 
There's a character in it that talks a lot about the sex stuff. So that's something that, you know, you got to not necessarily watch it with the kids. Um, I would definitely not do that. But it has so many good leadership lessons right. in this show. <laughs> that's the thing about it. Like, it's funny, yes, which is awesome. I mean, because it's just funny. It has, you know, talks about Actually, the amount, I wish it had more soccer, actually. But, you know, it is what it is. But um, the soccer parts are actually, for soccer fans, are probably painful to watch because it's just so cheeseball. But I think they did that on purpose, too. Um, but they have, I mean, they have announcers for the actual announcers from the Premier League games. But beyond that, like, like I said, the leadership lessons. So just a couple that they that they talk about is, or that, that, that are there. One of them is this guy. His name is Roy. So Roy is the old guy he's like 34 he's you know the old man on the block that slowed down he used to be the best in the league and 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 now he's slow but he's he's the guy that people look up to still even if he's slowed down on the pitch so pitch is field for those of you who don't know soccer lingo and so ted lasso is talking to his assistant coach roy comes in he's all mad about something and and ted lasso is you know, oh, because Roy was mad that some of the guys were making fun of one of the other players, and he wanted. And Roy came in and said, "Coach, you know, are you going to take care of it?" He says, "No, I'm not going to take care of it," because he wanted Roy to take care of it because Roy was mad. And he and so Roy left steaming, and Ted Lasso says to the assistant coach, "He goes, he's the one," and meaning. If we can get him to get it, he will help us set this culture in this team. And the culture is one that we want it to be a place where people are loving each other. We want it to be a place where people are getting each other's back, where people are, you know, it's not going to be a us, you know, us against them. It's not going to be clicks. It's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be a team. It's going to be one. And he goes, he's the one. If we can get him to get it, he will then impact the team and be a virus in a good way. It'll be contagious in a good way. And and that was something that was so cool to see and then to see how it played out throughout the whole season. Um, you know, on the flip side, there was another guy who was just this attitude, just attitude, attitude, attitude. And he was this cocky young guy. He's a striker, cocky. And, and uh, you know, and how Ted Lasso handled him as well to not put up with it, but at the same time, try to, you know, help him to to understand why his attitude was not helping the team and he won't be as good as he could be if he has that attitude. So all these different things, <clears throat> but honestly my favorite character probably in the in the whole show. Who's your favorite character? Oh wow. You know, it it's it's kind of split for me actually. Um I really so I have a really soft spot in my heart for Nate the Great. Like, I just, I think there, there's something about this and, and, you know, that character, he essentially is the equipment manager who is just ridiculed by everybody. He's sort of the, the, you know, the brunt of every joke, but, but he, but he loves football and he's, and he's, he's incredibly intelligent. And so he begins to, he begins to kind of say a few things off the cuff, you know, around the coaches and they, like they really seize on it. And, you know, by the time, 
by the time you get to you know the the end of the show, he's in a completely different place than he starts out, and and it's just it's fun to kind of watch his development you know all along. And then you know the other one that was just fun to watch is the owner, and and I can't I can't think of her name, but to me, you know this Rebecca right, and and this this whole you know her her attitude of you know she's heard and been scorned and selfish and vindictive and all these kind of things and, and what's really fun because because i what i the way i've described it to people when they you know they, when they've asked is is that the character ted lasso is you know it's like jedi mind tricks all over the place right like he is he is literally kind of applying psychology all over the place with people in order to lead them well and but there's a thread in the middle of everything that there is this genuineness and this integrity that kind of and and a and a disarming you know sort of way of of engaging and it's just fascinating to watch someone who is really like out for his destruction (laughs) who through nothing but honestly servant leadership and integrity he he moves he moves her to a place where where she's resolved you know some of her you know deep setting issues and and like they 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 come to a relationship of trust and I don't want to you know blow it for people that don't watch the show but it's but it but it's an amazing thing and I think you know the whole time I was watching that I'm going and this is this is the farthest thing from uh, you know from a Bible study or something coming out of a biblical worldview or whatever. But the truth is, when you boil it down to him and his character, it's it's servant leadership and integrity, and it's over and over and over in so many different contexts. So the cop out would be to say Ted Lasso is my favorite character. No, it's like it's the way he interacts with all these different personalities and all these you know all these people and. The bonus of all of it is that through the middle of all that, and there's just such a, such a great you know load of creative content, it is completely hilarious. And so while you and I could talk it down to feeling like it's a you know like it's a science project or whatever, at the end of the day, it's just a it's just a really clever, funny show. And and so the rocker that it comes in is um, is, is pretty awesome too. It's super fun. It's a fun show. The character development is phenomenal, like you talked about. Each character is so well-developed, so purposefully added to the show. The writers of that show are phenomenal. The Dialogue's acting was punchy. phenomenal. You know, like, um, I mean, it's just so good. Yeah, and so, I, you know, Nate the Great is my favorite character <laughs> in the show because I think he he embodies, I think, so much of what you were talking about there as the humble, he's this humble guy who knows so much, and but he's, in the world's view, this lowly dude, right? And Lasso, the thing I love about that character is I think Lasso finds the great in everybody. And he gets the most out of his players and of his and of his staff and of his and even the owner like you're talking about with that even his superiors he leads everybody through the servant leadership and he leads Nate to understand his value 
and how he can help the team. And, you know, again, without, like you said, without ruining it, without spoiling it, um, the growth of that character throughout the first season, and they, I just saw they renewed it for season three, so that means there's a season two, which I'm excited for. But assuming they have the same writers and the same, you know, everything, which I imagine they will. So I think that that is what is so cool about it. Like each character adds something to it. And like you said, Ted is weaved into each of those characters, but it's not just some, you know, and, and, and how it's done, it's not just some like, you know, throwaway character that just came in, left, whatever. They have, you know, and there's some talk about, you know, it's not so much fatherlessness, but, you know, it even has a father-son relationship that wasn't good that led to, you know, something else. So, I mean, there's, it hits on so many issues that are so relevant in our in our world today and i just i i could not recommend it more with the caveat like i said earlier <laughs> that it has absolutely has a lot of language and a lot of innuendo that is yeah. a bit more overt than you'd watch, want it to be in watch it through vid children. angel and you'll and you'll be if you'll you be could going. watch it I don't right. know if it would have any words left if you did it with Angel. But, but I but I say <laughs> the other thing too is just you know just one one last comment is the fact that he he's also not a superhuman character like there, there there's a very you know vulnerable flawed guy and so you know so in in one way he's he's doing these amazing things with other people but but they're they're definitely you know there's he has feet of clay as well and so it's it's this it's it's more real in that way as well and so it's yeah. just it's just a fun watch so no he's I'm a very flawed i hope they keep the writers i hope they i hope they keep the ensemble together i hope they don't mess it up because they're off to a really good start at the first season. and like you said i mean I, I think that's the thing that i meant to say and i didn't but the that lasso is very flawed and and he has issues and they draw those out very very well they draw out his the human side of it the the just how he is flawed and how he struggles and his issues and he and he you know he wears them on his sleeve too so it's it's pretty you know it's it's just really cool all the way around all right so while we could talk much 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 longer about Ted Lasso um that's you know not what we are going to finish on I do want to finish with, you know, let's say a couple resources that really impacted you this year, other than Ted Lasso, um, that came out this year or that you, you know, watched or read this year that uh, we want to highlight as we finish up another year of Think Orphan. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question, Phil. Um I think I think something that I'm um, that I'm that I'm still chewing on a little bit, and I and I have to be honest, like I'm not I'm not exactly this is not in the endorsement place. It's in a it's an interesting idea that I that I'm chewing around with. I've I've become familiar. There are a lot of folks out here that are probably listening to us that are way farther down the line and way more well acquainted. But you know, kind of Donald Miller the uh, story branding kind of idea, kind of this whole idea of, of, of story being the way that, that we're beginning to experience so much of our world and from a marketing perspective. So that's not Donald Miller, blue like jazz, Donald Miller. If you're, 
in Christian circles, it's John, Donald Miller, the marketer, and and kind of this you know this idea of of story branding and uh, and and I, I and and so the idea behind that is just that that we're you know as as we're as we're putting things on display as we're you know as we're marketing wares out there or whatever that that they're that effective marketers are are telling a story with their product and there's a you know there's kind of a framework to that and it, it just it, it it and part of getting into that has been really helpful for me to process even at a deeper level i think the the level to which we have become so captivated with story and how 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 integral story is to 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 communication in our world today um and but it also is is a little bit disconcerting um and i'm going to go a little you know weirdly intellectual probably whatever here but but the fact that a generation ago we were talking a lot about postmodernism and talking about the loss of absolute truth and and those kind of things and particularly in the christian community talking about what the implications of that are for us in you know in the in the working out of our faith and we're not talking about that anymore and and we're not talking but because and it, and it seems like we have we have kind of given over to this idea that um facts are disputable facts are 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 not even to be trusted but that stories are always trustworthy and and that and that we we give ourselves to like I can't argue with your experience. I can argue with your facts all day long, but but when you but when you bring your experience, I can't argue with your experience. And your truth is truth, and my truth is truth, and and all that. And it's it's just kind of brought me back freshly into confrontation to say, and I'm you know I take a pretty hard line on this, I think, but that's not true. Like there is a truth. Um, and there's a truth that ultimately is is grounded in in the in the person and in the character of God, and and truth is knowable, and 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 the Bible has a very different message that says that our feelings and and our and our circumstances and our su subjectivity can't be trusted, but but God can, and so. That's not even so much. So it's not an endorsement as much as it's a as much as it's kind of a, a a check to say, man, let's let's be people moving forward who who are not so quick to to embrace that that story is the most important thing and that and that a personal perspective of reality doesn't always define reality there is a reality and there's a truth that exists and that reality and that truth that exists is, is, is grounded in, in absolute truth and who God is and those things that he's laid down for us. And, and, and we need to hang on to that. So that's me for this year. All right. Not at all was I was expecting, but very good. Now I totally agree with all that you said. The one thing I, I, I think that StoryBrand has some really good stuff to say. The one thing I always get caught up in and I really struggle with and I just can't bring myself to do when it says, you know, you make your customer the hero of the story. And I'm like, Christ needs to be the hero of the story and God needs to be the hero of the story but, or else I don't want to be a part of that story. So, <clears throat> all that to say. Um, for me, 
one of the one of the things that I read and you read and we talked about on this show and we interviewed the author was uh, Adoption Through the Rearview Mirror it was a fantastic, fantastic book that came out this year that I read this year and I actually read it because Karen has not read it for us yet. So that's, I'm a little disappointed in that. But, you know, hopefully she will at some point. But um, that was just a uh, fantastic, you know, fantastic book. I think, you know, Lisa and Karen Purvis's book as well, Lisa Qualls, was another great one, um, which, which, which we've read. And I, I know, you know, if you'd have thought more about it, you would have said both of those books. I have no doubt, Rick, so that's okay. Um, but, but I would say, um, you know, beyond that, what has really spoken to me this year, I mean, those are really the, you know, I don't need to talk much more about those because we do have full episodes about both of those books with the authors. So I definitely encourage you to go back to that Lisa Qualls interview and the, uh, Karen Springs interview. Uh, if you, if you, if you want to, you know, just remember, or if you haven't read those books, go grab them. Um, the connected parent is Lisa Qualls. The things that's really, honestly, this year, what has really, um, been awesome for me is I've really listened to a lot of sermons. I think I talked about this on another episode, but I, I, you know, was starting to, you know, as I was reading chapters of the Bible, I'd go to the Gospel Coalition website and and just get the, you know, people that had done sermons on those chapters. And I'd listen to those as well. And then I, I realized that the guy who was really, you know, just connecting with me was Alistair Begg. So I went to Truth For Life, and which is his ministry that, that he's able to do, and and just getting different sermons that he's done on different areas. And, and one of the things that I really have studied a lot, and I'm going to be doing a Bible study on it in the spring, is the story arc of Scripture. Really just the, the story from creation to fall to a God and his people and the land and to the life and death and resurrection of Jesus to the, to the Acts of the Apostles and to how where we fit into the story to Revelation, you know, to the second coming, to all of that and the story of it, that everything in the scripture points to Christ. Um, and do we understand that? Do we see that? When we're reading the, the Bible, do we, do we really see that? So that's something that, you know, Beg has a great series on that as well. Um, but the book, The Drama of Scripture, is another book that I've, I've read in the past um, and I started reading again this year. But... I recommend if you've never done that, if you've never really understand the Bible and it's it's it has a story, it has the the that we are a part of, then I imagine the Bible has never really come to life for you either. Because when you see that, you realize, and I'm sure you've heard before, you know, these are real people. They experience, you know, these are people like you and me. That's easy to say, but it's it's really true. But when you see yourself in it, um, <clears throat> it really helps to to truly come to life when you're when you're reading, when you're listening to a sermon, when you're you know experiencing it with 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 others. Um, it's something that I think uh, is is necessary to truly understand that full story 
with whatever you're reading. Because otherwise, you're reading things out of context, right? You're, you're listening to a sermon about a certain book or whatever, and you don't know it in the bigger picture. You, you just see a tree. You don't know it's part of that big forest. So that's really, <clears throat> for me, you know, I and mean, there's a lot of other stuff that I read and watched and uh, listened to over the, over the year. But those are the ones that really stick out as, as, we, as we finish up. All right, dude. Any, any last thoughts, parting words as we, you know, finish up this year? Uh, Lord willing, we'll see you a lot in 2021. So we'll be here. You be here. Let's, uh, let's continue the journey together. All righty. I totally agree with that. I look forward to 21. I look forward to continuing the conversation with everyone out there. Um, as we've talked about, as as we, we really want you to, to get more engaged in the conversation, I would love for you to do that. Uh, info at thinkorphan.com. You can you can drop drop me an email, drop Rick an email. Um, you can join us on the Facebook group, uh, Think Orphan Facebook group. That's something that's been, uh, like I said, we, we've gotten several of our guests from that Facebook group. So um, look forward to, to continuing that conversation there. Also, if you wanna if you wanna give to to help this podcast keep going, uh, you can do so at providenceworld.com. We are able to do this through the generous supporters of that ministry, and uh, I just want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for being a part of this show, for your download today, for the other downloads you've been able to do. Uh, I just I just thank you for it. It's something that I we Rick and I are both very grateful that we get to do this. We get to have these conversations with some amazing people because we know it's making an impact, because we know it's helping other people. If we were just doing this, you know, yeah, we laugh and we have fun, but neither of us would do this if it wasn't making an impact. And so share us, share with us those stories of impact um, because it's something that I, you know, I every time I receive it, I get so encouraged. So, folks, have a great Christmas. Have a great you know, New Year's, you know, with your family. Hopefully you'll be able to celebrate with your family. Um, and I, I do hope and pray. I don't just say this at the end of every episode. I mean it. I hope and pray that you take everything you're learning on this show, everything that you're reading, um, everything that you're listening to and otherwise consuming, and you use it to help you to understand how you can love orphan and vulnerable children better and better each and every day. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Have a great New Year. We'll talk soon. We hope you've enjoyed today's Think Orphan podcast. For all the information in this week's podcast, please visit us at thinkorphan.com. You too can be part of the conversation. Send your questions to info at thinkorphan.com or join us on the Think Orphan Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again on the next edition of Think Orphan. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.